On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to talk with Vivek Agarwal from Ukio. We had an awesome conversation about bootstrapping. Really interesting fact about their brand so far is they have spent no money on digital marketing. They've gotten into some amazing retail placements. You guys are really going to want to listen to this episode, especially if you're really frustrated in 2022 with your bottom line. Very inspiring episode. If you are a mid-seven-figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news? Our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world, but we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow to apply for a free growth plan today so we can show you what is working in a post-iOS 14.5 world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com grow. Now... On to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Vivek Agarwal from Ukio. Vivek, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you, Jordan. Glad to be here. It's a pleasure. Uh, I've been a big listener of your podcast, so I'm glad to be here. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully you've gotten something out of it over the years uh, or over however long you've listened for. So I'm looking forward to hearing sort of how you've grown. It's a really great sort of setup uh, for what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really looking forward to it. So for people who know nothing about you or Ukiyo, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I come from, uh, you know, a very non-traditional fashion background. I, my, after my undergrad, I was manufacturing steel in India. Then I did my master's in real estate and then was developing malls in the Chicago area. And as a kid, I wanted to get into the fashion business. But, you know, I, being an Indian, I didn't get that opportunity. Of, you're given two choices, you know, become an engineer or a doctor. Became an engineer. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, you know, 2017, 2016-ish, I kind of decided like, okay, I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do, which is, you know, being in the fashion line. So yeah, that's when I started Ukiyo. The idea was to offer high quality and fashion forward uh, fashion pieces that are affordable and sustainable because I have I strongly believe that, you know, sustainable goods have to be affordable to actually make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if it's a if it's a $500 shirt or something, it really does not move the needle. It has to be mass consumed to actually make an impact. And that can only be done if it's affordable. So that's sort of the basic premise of Ukiyo. Awesome. So interestingly, you know, before we were talking, we were talking a little bit about, you know, some of the interesting things about you and, and Ukiyo. You actually have not spent any money on digital ads since you started. Is, is that correct? Yes. Zero dollars to write. So w- walk me through that because a lot of people, that is sort of their foundation, right? And that's how they're they're scaling and that's how they're starting and all of that kind of stuff. Walk me through what you were thinking when you started Ukiyo and sort of how that's playing out with your growth and all of that. Because I want people to see like it is possible to build without paying. <laughs> like it's totally possible. So I'd love for you to walk me through how uh, you've been able to do that. So there are two reasons for that, Jordan. One is 
you know, when I started, I did a, I'm very sort of research focused person. So I do a lot of research, a lot of reading, you know, to come to sort of conclusions or you know, take a decision. And as much, uh, you know, as there are so many companies, especially, you know, in 2017, 2018, you read about Casper and all these big brands of scale, you know, based on Facebook ads and Instagram ads. But for every Casper, there are also 10 other brands who have failed because they just, you know, spend so much on marketing. And there's, you know, uh, they haven't been able to recover that. And so I was always sort of, you know, wary of this. And I, like, I knew that I've always... I think this is where my sort of manufacturing background came in handy because I've always looked at businesses at at unit economic level and you know I mm. have I have never been able to wrap my head around you know raising institutional money and burning it to with a potential you know exit or just trying to scale it up without having unit economics right in place so I think that's where my manufacturing uh, you know uh, heritage came into play yeah. So, sorry. So for, for people who don't really get unit economics or maybe they're, you know, CMOs who are just like, Hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm just the marketing guy. I just, I'm just marketing centric. Walk me through what are unit economics? How do you calculate that? What are you thinking about when you're thinking of unit economics and how that actually makes sense on a profitability standpoint in a business? Absolutely. That's a great question, Jordan. Unit economics, as I define it, is how much you know profit do I make or gross revenue, uh, gross profit do I make? You know when I sell one swimsuit, and you know if, if I'm burning money to sort of just acquire customers, and I'm actually really not uh, you know making money per swimsuit, then it's a loss for you know every unit. So that's just when you're really looking at a micro level and not just you know just top line revenues. That's unit economics, and uh, to me yeah. that was important because that's how you know I've always worked coming from a manufacturing background. So to me, yeah. I didn't see the point of where I'm spending, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month on ads and I'm knowing, not knowing what my revenue is going to be because I didn't, I just started. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, pretty soon, like a year and a half after we started, you know, the pandemic hit. So it worked out in our favor because, you know, we had not burnt any money. We were pretty bootstraps. We knew how to work without relying on ads to gain customers. It was slow, yes. but it worked out well. That's great. So uh, walk me through that bootstrapping because, you know, there's a, I'd, I'd say the people who listen to this podcast are probably probably half and half people who have raised money versus bootstrapped. And if they bootstrapped, most likely most of them have raised some kind of angel round with their family. I wouldn't even count that as raising money, you know, but that's the vast majority of people have not truly bootstrapped. Walk me through what that's like and, and how that makes the decisions that you make actually different, Vivek. <laughs> Just a caveat, uh, James Jordan. I do want to raise money. You know, I think it's helpful. But you know, yeah. And especially if you have to, if you really want to grow into a you know hundred million dollar company, you have to spend. So there is no way out. I think a lot of it was just purely the situation. I didn't have enough network within the industry to sort of be able to raise money. And you know, uh, yeah. as they say, you know, once you with every opportunity or every adversity, you know, you get creative, right? So I just got super creative mm. on how to make it happen. So you know, I think uh, what happens when you are bootstrapping is you know you really have to think through everything. For example, we just do one collection a year. You know, unlike a lot of other companies who rely on you know just dropping collections every 
two months or three months, stuff like that. So, you know, there are a lot of supply chain and inventory costs, all this consideration that you have to keep in mind, you know, and at a very granular level, you have to think about everything, right? Like the photo shoot cost yeah. and, you know, uh, agency fees, stuff like that. So there's a lot of factors yeah. into play. Uh, but I think, you know, it also, I, I would highly recommend everybody to sort of start bootstrapping, uh, at least for the first uh, start with bootstrapping for the first couple of years because you you actually get a sense of what the costs are, you know. Absolutely. And and you don't have this overinflated bank account, right? Like yeah. I, I think the issue is a lot of people, especially if they're not business people and they start raising right away, right? If they if they haven't actually gone through, you know, and it's their money, they don't understand the immense costs that are associated with all of these different all of these different things and they don't feel it, right? I think that's one of the things is like if you're not actually feeling that pain of it being your money, it's different. You make decisions a little bit differently. Now, on one side, right, bootstrappers generally just don't grow in the same kind of way but when they do grow they're growing profitably the entire time and and you guys know like one of the very first episodes i ever had was with mike michalowicz um, who wrote profit first and you know mike is a huge fan after he uh had made a, a bunch of money off of a business sale and then sold it and then you know thought he was an angel investor and so he started investing in all these things and basically lost everything and realized that people were not focusing on profit right? And that's true with every VC-backed company. They don't care about profit for a long time, but that makes you do some funny things, right? You don't spend like you should, right? Or like you actually realistically would. So anyway, I just wanted to throw throw that in there. No, absolutely. I to give you an example, like my big, as I said, like I do a lot of, you know, I read a lot and just kind of understand what is going on. And with all due respect, Ty, I think, you know, she had built an incredible brand. Like I learned a lot from outdoor voices like that raised a lot of money, burnt a lot of money. Yeah. And that's when I realized like, okay, they're still not making money after six years, seven years. They're everywhere, you know, you, yeah. that's a very recognizable brand. I don't want to be in that place because I can't sleep if I, you know, if I've raised money from VCs and I'm not returning them a profit. Totally, totally. And, and a lot of these VC contracts yeah. are, you know, they're friendly people, right? But they want to make money. Right. Yeah. They, like that's their goal at the end of the day is to have a big return. You know, they want to potentially exit out at a series B, right? If they come in at series A or, or if they're angel, they want to exit out at a series A. These people want to make money. And so as soon as you bring investors like that on, you do have a boss now. Right. Like yeah. that, that is one thing that does change, right? Is you now have a boss and for entrepreneurs, that is a bit of a wake up call. And hopefully you work with some great VCs. There's actually a great show on, on HBO right now about uh, the beginning stay, uh, days of Uber. And it's really mm -hmm. interesting to see how Travis Kalanick actually talks with his first VC. And there's a lot of really, really awkward sort of things that go on in that relationship. And I think it's indicative of the industry in general. So yeah, there's stuff on both sides. And that doesn't mean don't raise, right? At one of our companies right now, we're doing a big raise yeah. because we're at the stage where we have to. I've been bootstrapped my entire life. Every single thing that I have is bootstrapped. And <laughs> this is weird. So this is a great conversation to have right now, Vivek. I want to raise, that, as I said, Jordan, like I want to raise, but you know, I think uh, where my vision is, where my ambition is, I don't want to sound like, you know, VC money is bad. VC money is great. But I think, you know, bootstrapping gives you a little more respect for money. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's the plan now, right? So you guys are releasing, you know, one collection a year. I've seen that you guys are actually on quite a few in wholesale on quite a few sort of bigger websites. Walk me yeah. through where and how you were able to get into those. Cause that's, that's really great. 
So I think this starts from the very beginning, Jordan. Uh, we have always focused on the design part, right? Like that to me was the biggest thing because uh, <laughs> for lack of better word, most of the fashion you know, categories are pretty commoditized, right? If there's jeans, there's jeans. Like, you know, you're not, unless until you're reinventing the wheel here with coming up with new fabric, it's pretty standardized. So for me, you know, the design was our big focus and the price was a big focus from day one. So what happened is, you know, initially for the first two years, we were just selling direct to consumer. And uh, late 2019, Urban Outfitters approached us. And, uh, you know, I was, we had got a lot of good press, a lot of big celebrity sightings. So I think that's where we caught Urban Outfitters' eye and they reached out. And, uh, you know, in that little sort of moment of pride, I told them like, okay, I'm not going to do regular keystone pricing. I want a higher wholesale price uh, because you know we are in demand or whatever. And they gladly agreed. And that made me really more oh, confident. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, the best part was they actually bought my, I hope Urban Outfitter people are not listening to us, but they bought my two-year-old inventory, which was lying in the warehouse. Perfect. So you'd already written that off. <laughs> yeah. So at higher than regular, you know, wholesale markup, I'm like, please, you know, take as much as you want. And that, uh, and this was, you know, we delivered that in January 2020. And right in March 2020, obviously the pandemic hit and, you know, urban sort of had to close all their stores temporarily. But the good part was we sold out in February itself. Everything urban had ordered from us sold out. Wow. And that was, you know, this is my 2018 style, which sold out in 2020 pretty quickly. And I think that sort of performance uh, with Urban just really sort of gave me the confidence. And then we sort of, for whatever reason, uh, grew really exponentially during pen- the pandemic. And, uh, you know, it was a little most after that, what I realized is like, okay, I can approach wholesale as well as a marketing. To me, it was a marketing play, you know, instead yeah, of totally. me you know, spending on ads, they were giving me a great platform to showcase my product. And it was just not online, it was offline as well. So, you know, customers could actually touch and feel it. And again, I learned that a little bit from Warby as well, just that, you know, that physical presence is important. So it worked out well. And, you know, after that, you know, Madewell came in later that year in 2020, sometime fall 2020, we started retailing through them from January 2021. Awesome. Yeah, fall 2021, J.Crew came in. So it just has been growing ever since. And it has worked out well, you know. The other advantage of that is the more retail accounts you have, you know, we are able to order more. Sorry, our unit cost is going down. So it is helping us. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So Vivek, crystal ball, you know, you look in the future three years from now, what does Ukiyo look like? Uh, hopefully, hopefully I've raised some money, but uh, more importantly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> more importantly, Jordan, the plan is to, you know, become a more sort of uh, diversified brand in terms of more uh, product categories. We're already working on a couple more categories to introduce, so reduce awesome. our seasonality and uh, have a sort of more consistent cash flow throughout the year. So we're working on that. So uh, hopefully the plan in three years is to, you know, reach a good, you know, uh, 10 plus revenue and, uh, you know, hopefully raise some money. Yes. Awesome. Vivek, I got to ask you the question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? I think just be a little heavier. Uh, I think one of my personal favorite would be just a lot of research. I think, you know, uh, there's enough information out there and I think you can learn a lot from others' failures. So I think 
as inspirational books are great, but learning from others' mistakes is the best, uh, you know, easiest way to learn. And that helps a lot. Um, mm-hmm. to, for me, at least that has worked a lot in every, whether it's pricing strategy, whether it's uh, bootstrapping, whatever that is. Awesome. I got three more questions for you. And thank you so much. This so far has been a great conversation. I got three more questions for you. I hope that you're ready. Yeah. All right. So first question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? I want, I don't want to say Instagram, but that's the most used app for me because social media is our only platform for marketing. But I think Slack has been pretty helpful because I've been, I'm on a couple of the sort of founder uh, Slack channels and I've learned a lot uh, there. So it's been pretty helpful. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Another question for you. Favorite uh, podcast or audio book that you're listening to? Yours. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Besides this one. Besides this one. Besides, you know, there's just uh, there's a lot of stuff. I think, you know, Bloomberg Business Week does a lot of great podcasts as well. Uh, There's just a lot of good stuff out there. Just I think you need a full time curator to just go through all the podcasts out there. But Bloomberg Business Week is a Absolutely. Well, hey, anybody listening to this podcast, I really appreciate you guys uh, using some of your podcast time on listening here. So I really appreciate that. Vivek, last question for you. Uh, And if you've listened to this for a while, you'll know what it is. If you could sit down with anybody who's alive for an hour, who would it be? I think Neil Blumenthal from Warby Parker. I absolutely love what he did with Warby Parker. You know, Bennett was just one of those sort of trailblazers who set everything up for, especially in the DTC segment. I really, it would be a great learning experience talking to him. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being a listener. And it was really cool to hear your story. Where can people connect with you and uh, also connect with Ukiyo? Uh, Ukiyo's, you know, uh, the website is ukiyo.com. We are on Instagram at ukiyo, you know, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, it's all the same at, at ukiyo. I am readily available on LinkedIn and you can email me as well. So let's vivek at lendrock.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you, John. Pleasure speaking with you. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.